Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Screaming for Progress. I am your host Stuart Lang and alongside me I have Liam Morrow as always. But first off we'll just start with a bit of an apology that we've missed the last couple of shows. Just over Christmas, New Year, life gets in the way. Such such is life, I suppose, so apologies if you've missed us, uh, but we are back and hoping to cover all the shows going forward. Obviously, Screaming for Progress is available as part of the Radulich and Broadcasting Network, the Wrestling to the Max Network, hopefully soon available on 411 Mania and the returning FPG News. So, don't worry if you can't catch us one of those places, you'll be able to find us somewhere else. Um, if you want to stay right up to date and everything that we do, then feel free to follow us on Twitter, either individually, myself is at OutAfterDark216, for Liam it's the Grim Fish, and if you want to follow the show, it's Progress Scream. So, without further ado, Liam, how you been? Uh, yeah, I've been alright. Um, I'm getting this horrible flu that's knocking half the world out, but not too bad, so I'm quite comfortable doing this. Um, well, I've still got my voice anyway. Excellent. Well, if you start coughing and <laughs> spluttering, we'll know why. Um, <laughs> those of you who have listened to the show before um, will know roughly what it's about. Look at the most recent Progress show in this case. Um, it'll be Chapter 60, Unboxing Live 2. A uh, good fun show where none of the matches are actually announced in advance. Um, so we're going to look at it a slightly different way. We're going to look at the big news first um, and just take it from there. So probably the biggest news to come out of Unboxing Live would be um, the Progress Championship. The State of the Progress Championship, we saw um, Travis Banks, champion, defending against Will Ospreay in a fantastic main event, or co-main event, sorry, um, that saw um, Travis retain the belt uh, only to be... Um, confronted by the returning TK Cooper who challenged for the belt at the next show um, which I believe I believe is going to be 62 he gets I think Chris Brooks is getting the first shot of the title um, yeah. but yeah what, what what did you make of that did you enjoy this match um, yeah I liked the match I liked um, Will Ospreay coming back seeing as I've just watched him win the IWGP Junior Title at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, um, yeah, which is another awesome show. Which would have been uh, bef- that, that. Sorry, that would have been after this chronologically. Though, so it's a weird one. Yeah, like he, he he fought like the Sunday for Progress, and then flew to Japan to fight on the Thursday uh, for for NJ uh, New Japan. So crazy schedule. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, su- such as indie wrestlers, they go all over the world. So. You know, fair play to him. But I I have one slight little problem with him returning, which is in a match with Jimmy Havoc last year, they had a loser leaves progress match. Yeah. So the fact that he's returned, I'm... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Osprey. I'm glad he's returned. But, you know, they could have... They might have found a better way for him to come back rather than just him arriving. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, I think it's a bit of a problem with the sort of loser-leaves-town matches anyway, because if they leave, then surely they kind of, they, they just end up as essentially a free agent, right? So, yeah. 
you're going to want to re-sign someone who's just main evented one of your shows, right? Like, no matter who they are, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think it'd be good business for for Progress to, say, lose Pete Dunne if he lost a loser leaves town match, unless he was completely out of contract. Um, I know that it's sports entertainment and, and all that kind of thing, but, you know, it's it, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, very, very quick. Continuity. Yeah, very, very soon for that sort of turnaround to happen. So, a bit disappointing on that regard, but also um, really good to see Will Osprey back. Um, and yeah, great, yeah. great as well to see TK Cooper back. Now, um, I'm going to put it out there that nowhere in the rest of professional wrestling have we heard someone get the same returning pop twice in a calendar year. <laughs> As TK Cooper, no, it, it was a a big one as well. Yeah, um, I think it was last. Uh, I can't remember what chapter it was now, but Banks was getting beaten down by British Strong Style and Dahlia Black and TK Cooper come out, and that was, I think, that's the biggest pop I've ever heard. Yeah, from like, a crowd of seven hundred people, that was fucking insane. Yeah. Um, Even just on the TV, it sounded deafening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for him to get that again, um, I think is, is fantastic. Like, I love TK, so I'm really glad to see him back, really pleased to see him fighting for the belt. Um, I hate to say I don't think he'll, he'll win it, but I, I do have a bit of a theory on the title, which I'm going to share in a little while, so stay tuned yeah. for that one, folks. Um, yeah, well, I've I've got my own theory about that. So. Okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll, we'll share Sweet. them. We'll share them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the next sort of big bit of news to come out of this show was that uh, we saw a UK the WWE UK Championship match on the show. Um, champion Pete Dunne defending against Jack Gallagher in the match that was supposed to be, I believe, and was it the Boston show? Um, yeah, when they went to America and they had all the issues. Um, with travel yeah, and transport and so on, um, and yeah, Pete Dunne had his injury, so they had to call off the match and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was in, it was a New York uh, card that they were scheduled to be on. Um, so yeah, um, I will say that this is the um the third UK Championship match outside of um outside of the WWE. Uh, one at uh, ICW. Um, there was, yeah, it was a four-way match, wasn't it? Yeah, there was one in Norwich as well uh, for another promotion, and then there was this one in Progress. So, um, yeah, really, really cool to see that there was another um, another defence. It was a really good match as well, um, really good fun. It shows you how much Jack Gallagher has wasted in WWE and bloody oh, 205 yeah. Live. Um, I know he's not the only one, but yeah, that was that was some great, great wrestling in this match. Uh, Pete Dunne knocks it out again. I think the guy's probably at this point incapable of having anything under a four star match. Um, he's that good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I can't. I honestly, I can't. I can't ever see him losing the title outside of the WWE. Oh um, no. I think if they if they're gonna have a title change, it's gonna happen on probably NXT. Um, 
But, you know, you, when they start the match, you, you kind of forget that because it's there's such a good match, there's such a good atmosphere. Yeah. Well, that's... That you just, you just enjoy the match. Yeah, that's it. That's that's how the sort of best matches go. I mean, um, I had the end of uh, Jericho Omega ruined for me. It didn't stop it being fantastic. Um, if you look even further back, um, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, everybody knew that was Ric Flair's last match. It was still yeah. as close as damned to a perfect wrestling match as you're ever going to see. So that I don't think matters. As long as the guys in the ring know what they're doing, um, fantastic. Um, so yeah, absolute no complaints. Um, really good, really good match. Really, really strong end to the show as well. Two fantastic matches to close the year in progress. Um, absolutely no complaints. Really anywhere. Like there were two basically faultless indie matches. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed that. Which, yeah, which is they're, they're the kind of matches we come to expect from progress now. Yeah, I mean, to sort of break the fourth wall a little bit here to the listeners, um, that's one of the reasons why we've not done the last couple of cards and that we found it kind of a bit difficult to get into the into the groove of recording again and even watching the shows. Um, certainly myself, I know that you've had a couple of issues yourself with just being motivated to actually watch Liam. Um, yeah, just wrestling in general, to yeah. be honest. Um, they had a bit of a lull towards the end of the last year um not just not just progress you know they all did um i don't know whether it's down to their their schedules or just the fact that by the end of the year they're all just exhausted but well that's kind of how it goes isn't it no rest for the wicked in the wwe since they were working (laughs) christmas day and new year's day Um, but you know down to more the network, I believe, because they were going to pre-record one, and the network said no, we want it live. Yeah, um, which is a bit shitty of them, but yeah, very. But there we have it. Eh? There we have it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> probably the next next big bit of news we have, or the next big um, effort from the show, is a surprise win for Jack Sexsmith against uh, former ICW champion Joe Coffey. Now, herein lies my first issue with the show. I don't like this super push that Jack Sexsmith seems to be getting. Um, I think that if you take away the gimmick, he's not a very good wrestler. If I'm being completely honest, I think he's very one-dimensional. I think he's a decent enough underdog, but also I don't think he has the factor from the underdog that we need. So you have the likes of Daniel Bryan, you have even the likes of Eddie Guerrero. They were phenomenal talents um, and they were able to really play that. You know, when when Eddie beat JBL or Brock, you you were fine with that. You know, you you were able to sort of get on board with that. I've watched Joe Coffey rule ICW for the last year and it's just really difficult for me to believe that yeah, that yeah, Jack Sexsmith can 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 defeat him, um, having seen him, uh, Joe. I mean, defeat the likes of Chris Hero in the last year and stuff like that. Just yeah, not <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I do, I do like Sexsmith. I like sort of what he stands for, which is just be who you are, kind of thing. Yeah. But I know what you mean about his talent. Like I could see him getting maybe sort of an underdog victory against maybe like you, you Webster or you know some of the say less decorated wrestlers they've got. Yeah. Um, who are maybe just starting out as well, that are slightly bigger or more talented. But, yeah, against you like Joe Coffey, who, like you said, has just ruled ICW with an iron fist. It's Yeah. Yeah, there's something a bit off about it. Yeah. Um, and that's... It, it's a shame to see because, like, I, I kind of get what they're doing with them and, you know, it's it's... Fate. It's fair enough that they they've picked their guy. They want to push him, but I I hate to be devil's advocate. I just I hope they're not doing it for kind of the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. I I think they there's a good chance they could be. Um, like I say, I I just hope that they're they're doing this for the right reason. Now this kind of runs me on to my prediction for the belt over the next sort of little while now. Obviously, Jack Sexsmith has the right to challenge for any progress title um, in the company. Now, he's not big enough to challenge for the Atlas title, as much as I would love to see Walter kill him. Um, <laughs> not not literally kill him. One, I, I will point that. <laughs> um, but I, I just think he's going to challenge for the belt. He's going to lose valiantly. I have a horrible feeling that he's going to win uh, Super Strong Style 16. Um, you know, last year it was just it was mental enough that he was he was in it, um, and and you know now I'm looking at him potentially winning the whole thing. Um, but there we go. And then I think he's going to win the belt at Wembley. If I'm being completely honest, I think that is the way the year is going. Um, I'd, I'd be disappointed to see it happen, but I just that—that's what I think. That's what I reckon we're going to see. Um, yeah, it's kind of—it's starting off a bit similar to how they started off Travis Banks, where he kept getting win after win after win. Um, yeah. Super strong style won that big pop, won the title. Um, but Travis Banks is more more of a complete wrestler than Sexsmith so yeah unless he drastically improves in the next couple of months it's either going to be you know valiant losing effort or he wins and everyone's a bit confused about it yeah yeah i mean i i, I hope it's not i like to see, i think the, the i think a loss for the title would do more for Sexsmith going forward than enforcing the belt onto him at this point. I don't think he needs the belt, really. I think it actually doesn't do anything for the belt either. Um, I think it's one of the few titles in wrestling that's still kind of protected. It does have a bit of an air about it. So yeah. I really hope that they, they kind of think about that. Um, but I yeah. think if they had a sort of intermediate title, like the equivalent of a... US or Intercontinental title, I think Sexsmith winning that would be absolutely fine. Yes, yeah. A trial trial but, run, yeah. 
Yeah. Like, if they brought in a... I don't know what they'd call it, but... A TV title? A something along yeah, those lines? TV titles. Yeah. European title. <laughs> European title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think if he won something like that, it would be more realistic yeah exactly and I mean you touched on something there which kind of segs us nice into the next sort of match um, that I want to talk about and that's that they actually have the organic push that, that they're looking to do with Sexsmith They've, they're kind of organically setting that up with Flash Morgan Webster um, yeah. and they have been inadvertently for a long time as well going back to his injury the road back to malice documentary all that kind of stuff um, and I just think with this new um, this new twist in his story where he's he's kind of seemingly walked out on progress after his loss to the returning Rampage Brown um, at unboxing, that there's just no place for him in the company anymore. Um, I, I think that's the push. I think that's what you run with. You know, just even if it... I'd love it if this was all a masterstroke and like the, the whole Sexsmith thing was almost like distraction booking. Um, yeah. And in the background, we just don't see the rise and rise of uh, the return of Flash. Um, again, Flash kind of a wee guy. I don't, I don't really know how he'd fit into the actual title picture, but I'd love him at least to have a cup of coffee with the belt. Um, I know that you had a, an interesting theory with him, so I don't know if you want to share it in a bit more detail just now. Yeah. So if you've if you've watched the show you know that he sort of says you know i'm taking some time off for me reevaluate my place in progress um i mean i imagine he'll still because he's still got a sort of a couple of titles in a few other promotions um so maybe he sets up something for a return for super strong style um wins a tournament goes on to face um banks at I would imagine Wembley um, wins the title. Um, big comeback story. Um, he finally feels vindicated somewhat. Yeah, um, yeah I, that's that's my prediction. Um, but like you said, he is—he's not the biggest guy either. But then Neva's Banks. Yeah, um, Neva's done, and he was champion for. God, well over a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my little prediction, but I could be way, way off, but if that's something that happened, then that's something I'd like to see. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that that's the route they go on. Um, yeah, there's a few other matches we'll talk about just before we, we head off. Um, obviously, unboxing is a bit of a, a kind of... Play play around. There's a lot of wrestlers come there to have fun. Um, no more did we see that in the opening match, which was um, a sort of four way tag team match, or so we were led to believe. Um, basically, we were introduced to the four teams: British Strong Style, um, CCK, which was uh, Chris Brooks and the Inflatable Kid Lycos. It's very important to know. Uh, we had the Grizzled Young Veterans, the current Progress Champions, who are Zach Gibson and James Drake, and we had Aussie Open. So after about half an hour, like literally half an hour of dicking yeah. around before before we started, eventually got that we were getting four on four, and uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven were pick teams. 
from the rest of the guys. Obviously, big laughs and jokes and stuff like that because um, they were able to split up the two teams or the, the four teams. Um, so James Drake and Zach Gibson were on separate teams and initially didn't want involved because it was all a load of nonsense because obviously inflatable Lycos got picked before James Drake. Um which kind of led to a whole load of insanity throughout the match, um, and and yeah, it was it was fun. It was nonsense. It went on for far too long for a show that overran. Anyway, I think this probably had. I, th- I think by the end of this match, we were roughly an hour in. About yeah, it was about. I think it was like. I think I saw on the timer at the bottom. It was like fifty minutes or something. Yeah. So you're looking at half an hour of knobbing around and about 20, 25 minutes of the actual match. Yeah. Um, which I thought it was quite funny how Drake and Gibson eliminated each other. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite funny, actually, seeing as no one liked them. So Yeah, obviously they got all the, all the finishers <laughs> on them. And, around. Yeah. Um, obviously we had the suicide plancher from the balcony by uh, Inflatable Lycos. Um, which I did, I did like when uh, Chris Brooks sort of went to hit him, and he said, "I'm sorry, I love you," and hit him off the balcony. Um, <laughs> poor Lycos. <laughs> um, I'm I'm reading reports at the moment; these are undisclosed. That uh, inflatable Lycos has uh, damaged his shoulder and is now out for six months as well. Uh, <laughs> but, Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, um, but yeah, source material. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good fun match. Like I say, it just went on far too long. Um, I don't think we're any sort of further on with the tag division. Um, we did get another tag match later on that I think is going to have a bit more of a um, influence on the upcoming uh, state of the division. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, we did get a really, really quite impressive um, six-way women's match. Um, Progress have taken a bit of flack on social media recently because of the lack of Tony Storm and the lack of women's wrestling on the shows because of the lack of Tony Storm. Um, this more than made up for that, I think. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, Shakara taking on Candy Floss versus Charlie Morgan, Sierra Loxton, Charlie Evans, and Millie McKenzie. And I think all of these girls did themselves n- no shortage of favours. Um, I thought they all looked fantastic. I don't think anyone was out of place here, and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really well done match. I mean, six ways can become a total clusterfuck anyway. Um, yeah, they, they sometimes run the danger of becoming a bit of a spot fest. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was... I think it's it's taking it back to women's wrestling of last year, which is they're all taken seriously as competitors rather than just female wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I don't think this really is going to have too much bearing on the sort of short-term booking of the division, but I think at this point, I think it would serve Progress really well to get the belt off of Tony Storm. Um I mean, I like Tony. I actually have no problems with her as champion. I think that, you know, she's a very dominant champion uh, when she appears. But we've not seen Tony in a couple of months now. 
Um, and no, it's been three last three chapters we haven't seen her. Yeah, so I mean, we're starting to look at sort of Brock Lesnar territory here, um, and which is mm. ironic. Cause I was going to sort of compare it to you know Brock, who turns up, destroys, no problem. We don't we don't feel like Tony's going to lose her belt, and at this point, no one's really no one's really stepping out as a proper challenger for her. Um, I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't see something come of, um, you know, the Ginny uh, and Dahlia Black street fight. Um, I, mean, I think Ginny's still got a, a title shot in the works, isn't she? I believe so, but they've not. But yeah, when when that happens, we yeah. don't know. I mean, Ginny was on commentary for this match and they didn't really allude to that too much. So I hope that... I hope they get the belt back into the company. I'd like to see the belt quite often. I'd like to see them fighting over something because you've got six women here, plus you've got Ginny, plus you've got Dahlia, um, plus you've got people who can come in and out. You've got the likes of Martina. You've got um, you've got Bay Presley uh, is is on the next show as well. These girls can all be fighting over that. You know, if they if the the belt is there, then you, it's believable. You know, they're doing it for something. Um, I'd, I'd yeah, I think like to the see problem back. with Storm is she. It looks like more and more likely she's WWE bound. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping they sort of get the title off her properly and not just oh she's going to WWE now. We quickly need to cobble something together. Yeah. Because um, she deserves better than just having it essentially taken off her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think she loses the belt. I don't think that there's any reason for her to be stripped of the title. I think that's I think that's a extreme shame. Like, I, I don't think either of them want to part ways like that. Um, but yeah, I just I just think that we need we need the belt back yeah. in the company. I don't I don't think it will be a sort of stripping of the title but I'm hoping it's not like a sort of a cheap loss just to get the title back oh yeah yeah I think so I mean I think that's why it can only be Ginny at this point um, yeah. I think she's the only woman in the company who's been booked well enough lately that she can do it um, but yeah like I say get the belt back in get them fighting over something um so yeah, we finished up, uh, or say we finished up, we finished up the first half, um, we're finishing up talking about the show because we've done it all out of order this this time, <laughs> with a 12 days of Christmas match between Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins taking on Clint Margera and uh, Drew Parker, uh, two guys who are making their chapter debuts. Um, Clint Margera I've seen quite a lot in CZW and stuff, Drew Parker know a little bit less about um, he's a kid from Wales and he's fucking insane apparently he's like 19 years old yeah. and a deathmatch wrestler they basically said there's like nothing he won't do yeah. essentially yeah um, which when you consider what sort of the likes of Jimmy Havoc are capable of it's that's a lot <laughs> yeah um, it's it's pretty scary um, but the 12 days of Christmas match is essentially um a Christmas tree in the ring with loads of presents under it. They got given one right at the start, and yeah, you you got to open the gifts and use them as weapons. Good fun. Um, 
yeah, it, it was good fun to be honest. Like they, they, yeah. they took the, the canvas off because obviously there was going to be stuff all over the canvas. Um, I think they maybe wanted the white mat down for blood. Um, there was loads of different things and it. Obviously, the barbed wire baseball bat that was a staple of Havoc and Haskins. Now, they they masking taped the wrists of the referee. They've done that similar sort of thing. They obviously masking taped the hands of Matt Riddle. Uh, a recent chapter, um, Lego everywhere. Just no. Yeah, there was a voucher for two tables from being killed or something. It, yeah, it was like a death, was quite death match gift voucher. <laughs> yeah, and Jimmy Havoc sent one of the referees away. He was like, "Go to B and Q, get me a couple of tables." One of which he actually <laughs> took home with him. Um, it must have yeah. been a pretty strong table because it withstood. Uh, I think it was. Um, was it Margera got a Death Valley driver through it? Um, yeah, and he sort of slid off of it. Yeah, and the table didn't break, so we can get a nice botchamania. I am the table moment. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was nonsense. Uh, we see Sir Jimmy Havoc getting thrown into a, a Samsung television, so that was pretty good. It wasn't like your rigged yeah. uh, Jericho and HBK. Um, <laughs> Geratron Geratron 3000 or anything like that that was a branded Samsung television um, so that was yeah that looked pretty nasty if you ask me um, I think the, the bit that just made me cringe the most was paper cuts and then putting lemon juice into it yeah no because I I used to work at a bar and I know exactly how that feels <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the paper cut spot um, I, I I don't think that they're getting paper cuts in between their fingers. Just being honest, I think it's a little bit like the Marty Skrull, um finger break. Finger snap. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's he's not really breaking their fingers, is he? Um, but for the purposes of the match, pretty good fun. I did like, um, I did like everything about this match. Otherwise, so, um. Yeah, I thought I thought overall unboxing was a really really good show. Obviously, we saw um, Havoc and Haskins marching on. I think it's inevitable that we're going to see them um, going for the title, the the tag titles at some point. Um, yeah, soon, sooner rather than later, by the looks of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I hope that we see that. I'd like to see them with the belts. To be honest, I, th I think that does make a lot of sense. Um, but I'm also I'm enjoying the grizzled, grizzled young veterans as well. Good, good time to be a progress fan, I think. Um, yeah. Overall, what, what were your so, thoughts? Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of the sort of best shows, but most fun shows they've had as well Yeah. for a while. Um, I think they're starting to get back into the swing of it, um, going into super strong style, which is sort of their one of their sort of biggest weekends of the year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're starting to set up a lot for Wembley. Yeah. Um, sort of, you know, similar to that. That's their WrestleMania, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't think that they're. They've not mentioned Thunder Bastard yet. Um, I don't know if Thunder Bastard's happening this year. I don't know if they're maybe going to change it a little bit with the sort of links to the WWE now. 
Um, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that regard. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of their signature match, isn't it? So yeah. I, I'd imagine they still do it. Um, I don't Just, know who it was. Mark Andrews last year, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well. We'll, we will see. I'm sure we'll find a lot more information going forward. So, yeah, I think they've got um, Live at the Dome's happening today. Today for Live at the Dome, and then yeah. we've got Chapter 61 on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So yeah. there's a couple more to look forward to. Um, TK Cooper's first match, which he put something quite funny on Twitter where he said, like, you know, he wants a nice easy match to ease into things, and they put him against Mike Bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know him, he's a heavy, heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, fair, fair play to TK. Um, can I pressure you for a match of the night? Um, I'm torn between the two title matches. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'd say. I'd, I'd lean towards the progress title match a bit more. Yeah. Um, purely because Will Ospreay just does some stuff in the ring that just shouldn't be physically possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I have to agree with you. Um, I-, I think the progress title match was, was match of the night. Close second with the UK title. Um, two probable progress match of the year candidates though like if you've not seen this card yet um go and do it like uh, you won't be disappointed um if you can get around the amount of sheer amount of talking like this this falls back into the i don't know why more isn't like edited um (laughs) try and skip the first half an hour if you can yeah try and skip the first hour (laughs) or sort of like the first 20 minutes until the actual teams come out and then watch that because it's pretty entertaining but after that this was one of the best progress cards in a long, long time. So overall, two thumbs up. Really looking forward to chapter sixty-one. And who knows, we might even record two podcasts in a row <laughs> <laughs> next week. Yeah. Yeah. Who who even knows? Um, well, depending when <laughs> chapter sixty-one gets put up. Well, of course. Yeah. If they've got two, it might take them a bit longer. Oh, I just meant two in a row, as in we'd do this one and then the next chapter without <laughs> without taking a month long break. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, obviously, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Progress Scream on Twitter, Screaming for Progress on Facebook. Uh, follow myself and Liam at Out After Dark Two One Six and at the Grim Fish. Uh, Liam, anything you want to say before we go? Um, no. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Nice and concise. (laughs) Everyone, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time for Chapter 61. And in the meantime, don't be a dick.